You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you for your love. We weren't even around. We, we definitely did not deserve it. When we were drunk, when we were confused, when we were on the backside of nowhere, when we were disobedient, when we were chasing after darkness, Lord, your love has found us. Lord, our hearts say thank you. Our heads do not totally comprehend. But Lord, we say thank you. We celebrate you. We thank you because you did what no man could ever do for us. This Sunday morning, Lord, we return thanks to you. We ask, Lord, as we share from your word in this brief moment, that you will speak to our hearts. Thank you for an anointing to teach, to preach, to hear, and to do. We thank you, our Father, in Jesus' name. Because we shout a big amen. Huge amen. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus. Okay, my responsibility this morning, this Lord's Day, is to lead us essentially in a prayer. I read out of Mark chapter 16. I'll ask someone very special to me to share something quickly, and then we'll pray. Mark chapter 16, the Bible says, Now when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Solomon brought spices that they might come and anoint him very early in the morning. On the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen, and they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone had been rolled away, for it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man clothed in a long white robe, sitting at the right side, and they were alarmed. And, they said, and he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee. And that you will see him as he has said to you. Now tell someone next to you, Jesus is reason. But tell your other neighbor, tell them, I am reason with him. Right. Um, <laughs> it's, I, I don't know what better narrative to try to explain to you how much God loves you. Um, I know talk about, you know you think deep God loves you. In fact, you know he loves you. In fact, he better love you. <laughs> Let's post it on Instagram. The love of my life. Making him shy. Tension in all the other husband. And SP, I know you believe that someone will love you. I join my faith with you. <laughs> but I... <laughs> It doesn't matter what kind of love you have known. Igbo love. <laughs> B 
Benin love, which is like a royal and deep. Uh, <laughs> been loved by a Benin man. You can testify. <laughs> Your father's love. Falake's love. God's love is the love that defines all love. And I've been in the place before where you feel like no one, where you know they love you, but you cannot. I've been in a grave before. That's, that's the word I'm looking for. And, and, and that's the prayer. Where you can't see far. You, you find it difficult to, to move. There's the place where you think you are all alone. John 3.16 says, For God so loved us that he gave his son. And then he continues to explain why. He says, So that we can leave our graves. That whoever believes in him will not perish. Death, hell, are real, folks. Sin, separates us from God. It's real. But the Bible says, for this reason was the Son of Man made manifest that he may destroy the works of darkness. Love caused an outburst of divine energy and power towards mankind. And so Friday, he's nailed on the cross. And Saturday, Imagine the conversation in Jerusalem. Imagine the thoughts in the hearts and the minds of his disciples. Three and a half years, all gone. He didn't even let me preach eventually. I told Jesus, let me preach in Jerusalem. He didn't let me preach. Now he's gone. I left everything. How, how do I go back home? What do I say I was doing with three and a half years? To someone, it was as if the disciples were in the grave with Jesus. Should I go and see his mother? But his mother knows that I ran away. Um, God does not leave us in the grave. He doesn't. Um, I'm going to ask someone very dear to me to come share about God's love. She was talking about yesterday. I was, it's like, yeah, yeah, you should come and share this. Let's welcome my wife. Let's welcome Pio. Um, she's going to share briefly. And let's keep on welcoming her. She comes. Um, I think it was her birthday a couple of days ago. Hey, Samuel, don't hold her anyhow. I can do that myself. <laughs> Thank you. All right, but you guys don't know, this is my wife. First and only. Uh, <laughs> all right. I'm going to give you like what? How much, how much time do you need? Ten minutes? Ten minutes. This is real love. <laughs> That's what you told me. All right. Do you know my Bible? You've got this? Should I stay? Should I go? I should stay. 
<laughs> Praise God. Can we celebrate PI, please? Can we? Thank God. Hallelujah. So this is like part two, right? He just like, you know, trailer and then I come and tell the rest of the movie. Isn't it? But, um, so I mean, I was born into church and so I've experienced a lot of Easter's. But I think this Easter has been one where I feel like God has been trying to explain to me um, what it cost him, you know, to do what he did, you know, over this weekend. And this weekend, I mean, we celebrated Good Friday, Good Good Friday. And like Pierre was saying, Saturday he was still in the cro- still in the grave. And I'm sure at that time the disciples didn't even know. Well, well, he said he would rise, but would he? You know, okay, Saturday, nothing is happening. But hallelujah, on Sunday, hallelujah, true to his word, on Sunday, he rose. He rose, amen? Praise God. So my assignment in 10 minutes is to try to describe um, God's love in a way that I hope someone lives here today feeling truly loved. Feeling truly loved, not because of what you have, but the sacrifice someone paid for you and for me. Chief sinners becoming saints. Praise God. And so I want you to freeze this moment in time. Freeze this moment in time. Enter into a time transporter and go back 2,000 plus years ago. And remember this week. Not just Friday to Sunday, but the entire week. So the entire week started with Jesus marching into Jerusalem. And there was a lot of, in fact, there was an uproar, as the Bible describes it, in Jerusalem. People were singing, Hosanna in the highest. They put their clothes on the ground. He rode on a donkey. Palm fronts, you know, they were waving it at Jesus. Yes, Hosanna in the highest. Welcome the king, the son of, of David. And all sorts of accolades. I'm sure at that time, the disciples were also excited, like, yes, this ministry that we've been doing in, in obscurity, yes, now we're in the limelight. If it was our day, it would be trending on Twitter. Something is happening in Jerusalem. Something is happening. Who is coming through? Jesus. Yeah, Jesus, the prophet. And the entire city is excited about this grand entrance. And that was, you know, that was, that was Jesus, and that was, you know, all of that excitement around him and what he was going to do. And so the disciples would think, yes, this is the ground for the next level. And I'm sure they would enter into strategy meetings and say, okay, God, what's Jesus? What's the, what's the next level? You know, what are we going to do after this? And then he begins to tell them sobering thoughts. I'm going away. I will die. He would give deep parables like five virgins were wise, five were foolish, you know, and I'm sure the disciples at that time were confused. What is truly going on? What is truly going on? And in that period of time, they would see Jesus take them to the garden of Gethsemane and he would pray and ask for this cup to pass over him. And I'm sure it wasn't dawning on them at that time exactly what was happening. And as they would see it, Jesus is arrested. He's arrested, and we know the story. We know his inglorious trek through Dolorosa. It's the processional route in Jerusalem where historians tell us 
Jesus carried that heavy cross on his way to, to his execution. And you would think that is the sacrifice, is it? That is the ultimate gift. But as I thought about this, you know, the Holy, well, the Holy Spirit said, telling me, my gift and my love for you didn't actually start there, you know. Backtrack to Christmas when you celebrated my birth. Do you know what that cost me? I am here, God sitting in heaven. Eternity. And I tell myself, I have to save man. And so I can imagine, follow me, I'm trying to paint a picture. I have to save man. And so he will call the angels, take off his kingly robe. Like, dear God, almighty, what are you doing? Take off his kingly robe, just hold it. He will take off the crown from his head and say, hold it. And he says, what's happening? He says, I'm going down there. To do what? To be one of them. Like, what does that mean? Dear God, snap a finger. I'm sure you can fix them from here. You don't have to be there. You're like, but I'm going. For how long? Seven days? I mean, you created the world in seven days. No. 33 years. Like, really? Dear God, what's happening? So while we celebrated Christmas, the birth of Jesus, I'm sure in heaven, it was a sobering silence. Because the Almighty will take on humanity. The one who knew no time will be bound by time. The one who was eternal will swap that for calendars. He would wear, take on the cloak of man and go through nine months in a woman's womb. This is God. The eternal one. He would subject himself to the growth periods of man. Year one, year two. God doesn't. That's, that's not God. That's human. But he swapped everything that was godly and supernatural about him for the natural. And he says, that's where my love walk to you began. Not on the cross. Think about it. I wondered sometimes when the disciples would trek with Jesus and, to go, and go to Capernaum. And he would say, do you think I couldn't have just done this and I'll appear there? I mean, we watch all the movies, you know. He said, I took your place. I decided to walk the talk. I decided to walk a mile in your own shoes. I had powers that I never used for my benefit, only to heal, save, and deliver. That is God. That is where the love story actually starts. The journey to Calvary, the journey to today. I know what it means like for someone to take your place. I remember one vacation we were traveling and we had bought family tickets and, it was, and it's still one of the very best vacations we've had. We've bought family tickets um, based on how much we could afford them. You know? So we bought the class of tickets that we could afford. But I knew that my husband had been working for so long and traveling leading up to the vacation. So he had enough air miles to actually upgrade one of the tickets, one of the ways you know, to a business class. And I told him, please go for it. Upgrade your ticket and go and rest. You've worked so hard. You know, church, work. Just enjoy the flight. Myself and the kids are fine. You know. And so I thought that was a plan. And we moved on. And so as we got to the last check-in before you bought the aircraft, my husband likes to do it. I say, handing over. Okay, this is your ticket. This is your ticket. <laughs> and then I picked up mine and it was business class and you're like bye bye mommy go and enjoy go and enjoy we're fine and i'm like what 
<laughs> what? <laughs> and so they left me and I, you know, gone on my way. He took, he took my place. And that was what Jesus did. He took your place. <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> he took your place. You know, because many times love is defined in two ways. What we're willing to give up and what we're willing to gift. God gave up eternity. Gave up his kingship. Gave up everything supernatural about him. To tell us that he loved us. But he didn't just give up something. He gifted us some other things. So I want to still talk about now what he gave up. So I said he gave up his eternity. He gave up everything about him that was supernatural. And that is why Hebrews 4.15 can say, we have a high priest. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. But in all points, tempted as we are, yet without sin. That is why he can relate. When you are depressed, he can relate. He walked a mile in your shoes. He could have done otherwise. He chose to do so. He chose the death. He chose the nails. He chose it. It wasn't forced on him. He chose it. And I hope that as I speak, someone is beginning to understand how that this God truly does love me. The things he gave up and the things he has gifted me. What else did he give up? He gave up his holiness. In 2 Corinthians 5.21, he says, God who knew no sin. I think we should read it. He says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us. That we might become the righteousness of God in him. I remember the story because I like to watch movies, Beauty and the Beast. Both of them lived up to their names, right? Beauty was truly beautiful. The beast was truly beastly. In appearance and in character. She had no need and no reason to love him. After all, he was behaving like a beast, wasn't he? But she kept going, going, breaking down his fences until the beast became a handsome prince. That is what Jesus did for us. Sinners like me, by the reason of his sacrifice, can become saints. A saint became a sinner to take my place. The law of exchange. And you know, so as I read this, I, I became, I said, God, but why did the death have to be so gruesome? Maybe we could have just hung you somewhere and maybe if they had guns, they just shot. I think it would be quick and easy, you know. Why carry a cross? Why be nailed? Why the stripes? Why the thorn? Why, why, why? And you see, for every one of those things, it was a symbol. When he carried that heavy cross, he carried the weight of my sin and your sin. Because sin is heavy. Think about when we do wrong and how we feel. Think about the sins of the world at that time and in the future and forever. Jesus carried it. He says, why did you have to be nailed? You know when lawyers want to serve you a notice, they're supposed to give you in person. Right? Sometimes when they don't meet you, they go to your, any place where they know you visit. Your house, maybe a church, and they, stick, and they stick it on the wall. You are served. Whatever it is, divorce papers, whatever it is, they stick it. Am I right? So that it's obvious that you have been served some summons. 
when Jesus took that nail in his hands, he said, the notice has been served. Know it. I've paid the price. I've paid the price. I have taken their place. Public notice. So that legally, you and I are free. When those stripes went through his body, he says there was a reason. He says, because by my stripes, you became healed. He said, every gruesome act was for a purpose. My blood was shed so that yours would not be. And the question is, okay, but God, why? And it's because he says, I'm a legal God. The soul that sins actually should what? Die. But for you, my love rose above the legality of your sin. And even though the price for your sin had to be paid, because I'm a just God, I chose to pay that price for you. So when he nailed, when Jesus was nailed to that cross, I was the one that was supposed to be there. When he was hung up on that cross high, in pain, that was me. So can we begin to realize that the sacrifice was great because the love was deep? The sacrifice was great because the love was deep. And when he died, that was not the end of the story. As if to say, my darling, wait. Yeah, you're like, you're already almost. She says, wait. It's not over yet. I want to show you that when I go, when I, when I take up a course, I go the full mile. So Jesus ran every mile, ran to the end. So that there will be no question as to his love. Every T crossed, every I dotted. So that we would have no doubt about how he's loved us to the fullest. He gave up everything that made him who he was, God, to be us. And then capped it with his death. But he says, hold on, that's not all. That's not all. On the third day, he rose. On the third day, Jesus rose. And when he rose, he says, now I bring you gifts. Before I gave you, I gave up things for you. Now I'm giving you gifts. What are those gifts? Your freedom. I've nailed your sin to the cross. Public show that legally the price has been paid. So you have no reason to feel bound. When the devil tells you that lie, tell him, the documents are on the cross. The documents that secured my freedom are on the cross. I'm free. I am free. I am free. He says, but hold on. I have more. He says, I'm giving you power. Because when I rose at the mention of my name, he says, all power, not one, not 10,000, not a billion. He says, all power in heaven and on earth has been given to me. And at the mention of my name, that name he gifted to us. Take my name. When you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, use my name. He gave gifts. He gave us freedom. He gave us his name. And then he gave us his presence. He says, I will be with you. I will be with you. That's why he rose. So that he would complete the cycle of love. The cycle of love. 
of giving you gifts and of giving up things for our sake. And so today as we celebrate his resurrection, let there be no iota of doubt in your mind that you are loved. doesn't matter what you see happening around you. You have his name. You have his presence. You've been invited into his presence always. You have access to the almighty. You have access to the king. And you are free. Praise God. Sharon, I'll just note that when my wife finished, you left. <laughs> Let's put our hands together and celebrate Pio again. Thank you. And I like that last part about what happens when you've been loved. Um, help me ask the person next to you. Tell them, what's the proof of God's love? What's the proof of God's love? What's the proof of God's love? Because it's like, you know, Timoni, you come home and say, look, um, Ayomide, look, I found this guy in church. Samuel has got you know, this nice dreadlocks, architect guy. You know, I think he loves me. And he goes, but how do you know? I said, the way he was smiling, you know, Samuel doesn't normally smile. As we pray this afternoon, I hope you're not really thinking whether he loves you. It's just an example. <laughs> Focus on the message. I won't use your name in any sermon. You only really think it's Samuel. Sam. Just relax, girl. And Samuel, if you... <laughs> Someone says to me, Idris, this theology, this Bible sounds good, but do you understand that when I wake up in the morning it does seem like I'm in a grave. They say, to start with, there's no light. Dark. I can hear in the distant, not too far, my neighbor's generator. Communicating the fact that they have money to buy diesel overnight, but I don't. Pierre, do you understand how I feel in my heart. Do you understand the darkness that I have seen? Do you understand that I've been trying to look for a job for a long time now? I've been on the same level for a long time. Do you understand that I've been trying to grow my business? So we live in a world that is broken and yet we have to believe that God loves us because sometimes in the midst of it all traffic this, that sometimes you feel what, how does this love help me? Ephesians 1 verse 19 down to 21 says there's a power that's at work in us. is the same one that God used when he raised Jesus from the dead. Tell someone next to you, tell them, let the power work. Let, let the power work. Let the power work. 
I don't understand. Are you saying the same power that he uses when he raises Jesus from the dead is what is at work within a Sohe? Is what is at work within Tokwe? Was at work within Rana? Romans 8, 11 says, If the same spirit who raised up Jesus from the dead dwells within you, Tell the person next to you, tell them I respect you. I respect you. I don't know your name, but I respect I hear Jesus lives in you. I respect you. Because true love frees us. Not this kind of love that's a monitoring spirit. You must buy me shawarma. You must buy me iPhone. Why are you talking to that girl? Why are you talking to that boy? Why didn't you come here at 12 o'clock? I break your heart. I break it. I'm an expert heartbreaker. That's not love, guys. Be free. (laughs) Be free. Our first response to God's love is peeled. It's not even just trying to love him back. First response to God's love is to let him love us. It's to let him love us. Because this gospel that we preach requires us to let ourselves enter the scriptures. The Bible will say the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. So Jesus dies on the cross. Paul says, I was crucified with him. He says, but nevertheless I live. So for someone, I've been saying this to myself this weekend. That when Jesus was in the grave, he wasn't there because he needed to be there. He was there because Tolu was in the grave. He was there because Zoe was in there. He was there because Choma was in there. Because Caleb was in there. Because Samuel was in there. That's the only reason why he went there. I mean, I don't know why I'll go use that example, but since she brought it up, her husband. (laughs) But you know the truth be told, when your wife is flying business class, in your mind you are flying first class. I was so happy back there. The food they gave me tasted so cool. And I knew God will reward me someday. (laughs) We're going to pray for that person that feels like they're in a grave. Because I don't want us to go on to Easter Monday and then Tuesday. Right? It's not Easter Tuesday, right? It's Tuesday. You're back at work. Where is that document? God raises from the dead. Jonah in the middle of the whale's belly. Like a grave, God raises him up. God loves you. David says in Psalm 16, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. You would not leave my soul in hell. Sometimes, (laughs) you know, 
when a guy loves you, it doesn't matter where you stay. You can stay in the corridor, he will come to a corridor. He won't text. Where did you used to go to, sir? He saw law. There was I know that because I went to Okota. I didn't want to say it, but when you said it's all, I said I had to match it. One day I was going, that thing under your car, that plastic, it removed. But I loved her. So, so that person who feels like they're in the middle of a dark place, a girl, you don't understand God's love. This is, these are men, young men. Sometimes people will enter bus, night bus. Say she's in Portacot. Didn't I ever travel to come and look for you? I would have, girl. <laughs> I don't know where you think you are in life. Or someone says I'm in a grave, you just you don't understand it. I'm just smiling here. My makeup is all right, but inside I'm in a grave. God's love. You don't understand God. He was the one that taught all this. We, cop- we are trying to copy him. Didn't you see that guy in Titanic? You stay. You leave. I die in the water. <laughs> A grave is where you bury your dreams. A grave is where your sin and death say, toss far and no further. A grave is where they say, you, you, don't, you only have SS3. You cannot run a business. A grave is where they say you've had five abortions. You will not marry. A grave is where people are mourning and weeping over things. Where potentials have turned to fossils. Where movement and progress is restricted. Where light is limited and darkness seems to reign. Jesus says, I have been in a grave too. In fact, I was there because of you. He says, I have been forsaken too, I have been misunderstood too, I have been frustrated, I have been maligned, I have been chastised, I have been injured. They slapped him. But he says, interestingly, Pio said, you were the one who was meant to be there. The Bible says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. So, as we pray today, we're praying for that person who doesn't feel loved. That grave is empty, guys. Christians should go around town with a smile. I'm telling you. Because you know when a girl likes you, a real likes you, there's joy from within. Arsenal is losing, you are happy. There's traffic, six lanes, you are waving to be passed. Enter my front, don't worry, go ahead. You get to the toll, you pay for others. <laughs> does not hit you yet, brother. <laughs> you pay. You just come down. You pay. Come through. Come through. Funke likes me. Yeah, pass. Don't worry. Jesus says, because I leave, you leave also. And we will receive God's love. That will decide to be free. That would have zero tolerance for evil, for sin, for oppression of any sort. 
I like how Pio said, sin is heavy. For this reason, the Son of Man was made manifest. That we'll decide to live for him. The word in my heart as I prepared for this was empty graves. Empty graves. So, I know some of you are morbid. You like going to cemeteries. That's all right. We'll figure you out one day. But next time you drive through a cemetery, you should just laugh. Because the Bible says even when Jesus was being killed, the Bible says graves started opening up in Jerusalem. That's how much power. Is that song I like, Follow Me? I'm not sure, I'm not sure what it is. The one that says, You called my name. How does it go? Yeah. How does the chorus go? Don't hold the mic, just sing the chorus. You, you choir. Sing it on me. It, sing with the choir. Choir. <laughs> you called my name. Let's do it. And I. To your mother's day, you called my name, and I ran out of that grave. And after darkness, into there's another one by uh, on the crossover song. How does it go? Out, out of the grave. A grave into life, into your life, feeling no chains on the other side. We crossing over. Let's do it again. Over the grave, into life, the shame. To your light, in no chains on the other side. We're crossing over. Church, let's try. Oh, out of the grave, back into life from under shame. To your light, there are no chains on the other side. We're crossing over. So the guys show up, the ladies show up. They say, we want to come anoint his body. Angel says, he's not here. He says, why are you looking for the living among the dead? This Sunday morning as we pray, I just wanted to tell Felix that they've been looking for you in the wrong place. I want to say to Jumoke that they've been look- even you have been looking for yourself in the wrong place. You wake up in the morning and you're looking for yourself in depression. But that grave is empty. You're looking for yourself in pain. So the five of them, they walked out of my life. But that grave is empty. There is such an overwhelming burden of love on your life. I know the evidence that has tried to persuade you to be sad is a lot. But that grave is empty. Would you please hold the hand of someone and pray over their lives this morning? Just pray. 
that we're refusing for anyone to sit in a grave that no longer belongs to them. Whether it is sin, whether it is poverty, whether it is sickness, whether it is sadness, but where we can hear mourning and weeping, would you just declare over their life and say, that grave is empty. That grave is empty. Whether it is the truth of physical debt, why don't you call them loved? Why don't you say that their life is full of the love of God? Why don't you say that these are the ones, like Pio said, who God left all for, who God gave all for? Why don't you call them rich? I'd like you to call them rich. Call them prosperous. Call them blessed. Call them, call them fat. Call them to be envied. Call them progressing. Declare that it is well with them, that they're the head and not the tail above and not beneath. Declare that the blood of Jesus speaks over this life. Declare that these ones will not be sitting down in the grave, that the grave is empty. It says, that where is your sting? It says the sting is, is broken. Which means that even when death comes calling, it can do nothing to them anymore. So I'd like you to declare over their lives that the sting of death is broken. That these ones will take up serpents. It will not bite them. They will drink poisonous things. It will not hurt them. Declare that these ones have come to a place in God where pain can no longer take hold over their lives and their hearts. They are not in denial. They are in Jesus. They are not in denial. They are in Jesus. They are living real lives. But they have on their inside the same spirit who raised up Jesus from the dead. Would you pray? Would you pray another minute for them? Would you pray another minute for them? Jesus says, I did not die so I could just leave the grave. I took you with him. Paul says it succinctly. He says, when he died, we died. When he was raised, we were raised. So I'd like you to just pray. Let the power of resurrection, let the power of resurrection, let the power of resurrection, let it find expression in my life. Let it find expression in my life. Jesus says a time, John 5, 25, a time will come and it's now when those that are heard will hear the voice of the Son of God. It says, and those who hear it will live again. I'd like you to begin to call them, live again, live again. Speak over their health. Speak over their relationships. Speak over their finances. Speak over their parents. Uh, he asks the prophet, can these dry bones live again? He says, God, you know. But God was talking about more than just bones. He was talking about you. He was talking about me. He says, I have come that you may have life and have that life in abundance we refuse for the devil to rule over our lives in any way shape or form jesus says the evil one has come but he has no part in me i, I have no subscription with the devil anymore so today we do not just celebrate the resurrection of our Lord Jesus. Indeed, we celebrate our own resurrection. The Bible says he has caused us to be raised up with him and seated up with him high, above, far above principalities and powers. One more minute, just pray in the spirit over that life. One more minute. One more minute. Give it some more fire. Give it some more intention. Pray in the spirit. Enforce the victory that Jesus won on the cross. Enforce the victory.
Lastly, for this morning, Paul says in Ephesians 3 that you will be rooted and established in love. That you will draw life from God's love. That you will draw your thoughts from God's love. That you would make your plans from God's love. That you would think from God's love. You would speak from God's love. You would grow from God's love. That you will be rooted, established. You cannot be moved from God's love. I don't know where you are rooted and established, sir. But would you say, Lord, I receive your love. I'm not even asking you to say, God, I love you. That will come. Bible says we love because he first loved us. But I would ask you in the place of prayer. So maybe you want to pray in the spirit. If you pray in the spirit or just want to. But I want you to just say, Lord, I receive your love. Let your love, let your love become the defining factor of my life. Let it become my mother song. Let it become what I hear in the morning. Let it become what I hear before I go to sleep. Uh, some people, you've been running over, over, over all sorts of things. But God loves us. Excess love. That is what it is. So all around this place, people just saying, Lord, I receive your love. You love me too much to leave me in a rot. You love me too much to leave me in a mess. You love me too much to leave me in a mystic. You love me too much to leave me behind. Amen. I know you fell, but God loves you. Excess love. He is not a man that he should lie. He is not the son of man to repent from the things which he has said. Someone you're just saying, I receive your love. I am the one who God loves. Another person is saying, one disciple will write about himself like that. The disciple who God loves, who Jesus loves. While the band sings that song, before you start to sing, could you just declare over your life, I am the one God loves. Before, before you join the song when you feel like, but I'd like you to begin to declare over your life. I am the one who God loves. Call your full name, your middle name. Say, you are the one who God loves. Idris Belo Saige, you are the one who God loves. He will not leave you in the grave. Lazarus, you are the one who God loves. He will not leave you in the grave. For Lake, you are the one who God loves. He will not leave you in the grave. Simone, you are the one who God loves. He will not leave you in the grave. For Labi, you are the one who God loves. He will not leave you in the grave. Ah, Kaba. John, you are the one who God loves. You are the one who God loves. Akko, you are the one who God loves. Efe, you are the one who God loves. Egosa, you are the one who God loves. Come on. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.